Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 35, Prepping for the Appalachian Trail. Tis the season for backpackers all around the world to start prepping for their epic attempt to thru-hike on the Appalachian Trail. Therefore, we really wanted to take a few moments to focus on that topic, get you out there, and get you trusting the trail. Yeah, it is uh, a little bit of a hike. <laughs> okay. It's only 13 states and <laughs> well, over 2,000 miles. So, yeah. you know, a little, little, maybe important to prep for it. A little bit. Yeah, but not too much. And that's the whole focus of our podcast today. You know, prepping can, you can do too much prepping for it. Yeah, I, I would say the Appalachian Trail is likely the most over-researched trail. Absolutely. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it's been gaining in popularity over many years, but in particular over the last several years. It allows, it allows for a novice um, hiker to be able to take on the wilderness in a much more like comforting and controlled way for multiple reasons. But... So while I feel as though research is extremely helpful and we do condone it, it can also be very overwhelming and shape your experiences before even stepping foot out on it. Yeah, especially when it comes to gear. Uh, You know, I see people research for a year just on the gear alone. And um, that's what we're going to talk about that in our podcast too today. So, So when I hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2003, it was one of the wettest years recorded. And it rained for, I don't know, I think it was about 21 or 23 days straight. It's a lot of rain. rain. People were getting off the trail because of trench foot. Uh, You name it, they were getting off the trail. And um, it was probably one of the hardest things um, you know, I ever did in my, in my life, I would never trade it again. Um, it was just a beautiful experience, but you know, the, the part of the romancing part of, of the trail that I did research in completely was blown away my first day (laughs) out of the car. Right. (laughs) And you just did 300 this year. Yeah. So this spring I set out for 300 miles. Uh, That was the intent to go as far as I could in a month. And I had very strategic planning when I went in. I used very lightweight gear, but really it was a desire to just get up and go. That's truly what it was for me. Yeah. And you and I have backpacked all over the country, uh, west, north, south, east. I mean, you name it. We've been on that terrain. We've been in that weather. Um, We know what it's like to um, hike in the muck and um, how hard it is sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but so this year we actually partnered with Mountain Crossings. Um, Mountain Crossings is the first outfitter that you actually hit on the Appalachian Trail. That's right. First, th- if you do the approach trail, it's the first thirty-eight miles. If you don't do the approach trail, it's about thirty point something miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, but when we partnered with them with the idea to, um, you know partner together and go forward with to uh, teach, teach Appalachian Trail prepping class. Exactly. There were certain topics that we knew were extremely important to successfully complete a through hike. And that's kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's important to know that uh, not everything is a YouTube video. Well, not everything is an Instagram video or <laughs> photograph. Or... I will admit, I mean, even my own Instagram feed was, when I hiked it, was 
the best of the best. The best of the best. And Absolutely. isn't that isn't that what social media is geared towards these days? Absolutely. And I and you know, I was lucky because when I did it, we you know, we didn't have that. Uh, the biggest controversy that we had when I had the the uh, AT was, do you bring a cell phone or are you, <laughs> or do you remain a purist and don't bring technology out there? I mean, can you imagine that today? No. <laughs> no. So, um, it, you know, the the trail constantly changes and the culture of the trail constantly changes. Uh, and that's one of the things that is magical about the trail. Um, but one of the things that we do go over when we talk to either new backpackers or we talk to people that are um, prepping to spend six months out in the wilderness walking every day yep. uh, through 13 states is expectations of the trail, fantasy versus reality. And that is a big topic. Yep. Um Gosh, it encompasses so much. It, but. it is. So of all the YouTube videos um, I've ever watched about the uh, fun, the hijinks of the Appalachian Trail and all of the uh, beautiful scenes and the hiking and the how-tos and how to hike in the rain. That's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> basically, you just walk in the rain with, you know, I mean, that's it. Done. Uh, could be the shortest YouTube video ever. (laughs) Um, So, but one of the things I see is it's always like the kind of like the highlights and the how to's and, and, and that's all great. That really is. Um, But I've never seen one YouTube video of actually someone digging a cat hole, squatting and pooping in the cat hole. But that's the reality of an Appalachian trail through hike. The reality of it is that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have, some days that you would like to take back (laughs) mother nature doesn't really care about your bucket list no no not Um, at all and so you know the weather could be 80 degrees one day and as you experienced this year it could be 35 and winds gusting to 80 miles per hour the next day so it's a challenge and if it was easy everybody would do it and so one of the things that we go over in our class was that look it's great that you have expectations of the trail, but don't set yourself up for failure right away. Um, my expectations of the trail, to give you an example, when I did it, was there's going to be hundreds of people at Amakaloa. It's going. You're never going to be by yourself. It's a beautiful sunny day. So by the time you know I was ready to hike it, I had this specific image in my head of how I was starting my hike that day. Well, that day I was the first one to sign in at, on the guest book. Nobody was there. It was a thunderstorm, miserable weather, and I literally started crying. I mean, <laughs> it was like my my expectations of the trail right away were blown were blown away. And and because the trail is such a mental game, it's really important not to set expectations really high. And that's what we try to, you know, we try to teach people that take our class. I mean, ex- well, exactly. And you make a really good point. Um, when I hit Springer, I was the only one out there. And I was like, where, where, where is everybody? Where are all the, the thousands and the hundreds of these people? <laughs> what don't I know? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> Did they shut the trail down? Right, right. I'm out there completely right. alone. So your expectations are never, never what matches up to reality. So, <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing with social media today is the, you know, the, the glamorization of the trail, which is great, which is fine, but there's a huge, uh, there's a huge difference between the, 
you know, beautiful, you know, hiking, having fun with a bunch of hikers in the shelter. And being in your tent bawling your eyes out. Yeah, and the, and the reality of like... <laughs> I know I didn't Instagram You're that not going to always be with tons of people. Sometimes <laughs> you're going to be out there by yourself. And what the heck is that sound I hear, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's really the reality of it. Um, and so we give... Uh, we really kind of focus a lot on the uh, the fantasy versus the reality aspects of it because it's a harsh reality to let go of everything, uh, take off six months of your job of or quit your job in some cases to get rid of a bunch of stuff, to go minimalistic. And one day you're having pizza in your house with a bunch of friends. And the next day you are by yourself in the woods. And so it's a huge, that's reality. It's check. a huge reality check right away. Yeah. And so we also talk about in the, I guess, in the kind of like a big topic, um, maybe a little controversial. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's the solo versus social. Social. And the crowds on the AT. Absolutely. So this is um, pretty exciting. We recently got fan email from uh, somebody named Lee. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Mm Mm-hmm. There was not a pronunciation in the email. (laughs) Um, From Australia. Um, And their research of of wanting to hike on the trail really truly led to more concern that the trail might not actually be right for them. And so it stirred a lot of questioning about, well, the more I research, uh, the more I realize that maybe this isn't what I want. And um, so... You have some of that... Yeah, and they reached out to us, and we will read a very quick excerpt from it. Um, And this, she's based in Sydney, Australia. That's cool. I know, very exciting. Um, And this is a small little section from it. But unfortunately, the more research I do in the culture of the trail by reading blogs and listening to podcasts such as yours, the more I'm starting to worry that this trail may not be right for me. While it looks like a spectacular part of the world to explore, I read about crowded party culture on the south end of the trail. And it goes and continues to say, I'm worried that the crowds would distract from my experiences on the trail. And that led to a back and forth conversation um, of kind of discussing that entire topic. And And that's a real topic. I mean, that's a real issue for, for a lot of people. And that's one of the realities. I think when you start out, you're thinking you're going to go on this wilderness trek by yourself and there's 70 people in the shelter. Right. And if you have been a longtime listener, you have experienced me talking about that and how it threw me for um, a a loop out there because that, that was an expectation I had had is having a little bit more of a, a wilderness experience out there. And instead I gained a lot more of a social experience, which I was not prepared for. Um, but so I had, I had um, heard a couple times when I was hiking on the trail this past spring, a quote, and I had quoted it back to Lee. And I and I want to I want to share this with everybody because I love this quote. And though may though you may walk the same two thousand miles, you don't experience the same mileage. And that was very impactful for me to not only hear, but really recognize as reality out there. You 
you have an expectation. Okay, you know the trail is a certain amount of miles. You you know what everybody else's experience is by over-researching the trail. But your experience is not what you will see of other people's experience. That's, yeah, that's right. So, and you know, the the, the funny thing about uh, the trail is that no matter how much research you do, no matter how how much planning you do, um, the day you step on the trail, it's going to not be everyone else's experience anymore. It's going to be your experience. And your experience is like, you know, a fingerprint. Nobody else has the same fingerprint. So no matter how many videos you watch, no matter how many books you read, your experience is going to be completely different. And I can even, I can even. And you can't plan for that. No, you can't. And I was, I actually ended up hiking with a hiking partner that became a really dear friend of mine. And one day we set out and we never really hiked together. We just ended up in the same location every night. And our in our days, even though we were maybe a few miles apart from one another, uh, one another were completely different. Yeah. And and so, recognizing that, and so through a conversation with Lee, we um, she, I, I believe that she has kind of come to to realize that maybe these crowds could be a positive because there's a trail community surrounding you, and perhaps you know. There, there, all this over research has allowed it to shape into a situation that isn't truly. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I, I, the only thing I would ever I, I would say is that it it is, it is, it is a reality that if you start in uh, mid March uh, to mid April, you're gonna you're gonna be hiking with a lot of people. Oh yeah, and that's just the reality of the popularity of the trail. I guess it's it's like. If you want to go, uh, if you want to go to a club and dance, um, and you're going to go to the most popular club, <laughs> you know, there's probably going to be a, a line to to get in, and it's probably going to be crowded. If <laughs> if you want, you know, I mean, it, it, so it, it's really based on your lifestyle. It, it's based on, you know, um, if you don't want to be with a lot of people, then maybe you prepare a little bit more. Uh, for cold weather hiking and start in February. Um, or maybe you start north and go south. Um, so there's, you know, there's alternatives you can do, but that's the, that is the reality of the trail in mid-March and mid-April. There's just going to be a lot of people there. And there's more to, there's really, uh, even though it's, you know, fun and it's very social, you know, sometimes it's let, let's just let's let's just say it. Sometimes it's aggravating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just be honest here. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I'm sure you've heard that in my previous podcast. But um, but the experience is still the the point of that is the experience is still yours. So you know, my experience hiking with you know that many people or um, coming across that many people in a shelter is going to be different when you do it. And so, you know, I can tell you all all day, we can share all day what our experience was like, but it's never going to come close to your own personal experience, you know, and that's what you should be shooting for anyway. So, you know, the solo versus social thing is this, is that you got to be hiking the Appalachian Trail for you. 
And it's got, it's your experience. It's your hike. It's your dream. It's your goal. It's your vision. It's your bucket list, whatever you want it, however you want it. It's your personal journey and it should be yours to keep yourself. And, and until you step on that trail that day, by watching a lot of different YouTube videos or, or reading books, it's really, you're living somebody else's journey. The day you step on the trail, it's your journey. And so you make it whatever you want to make it out of, right? Yeah, isn't that the beauty though of life? Yeah, that is the beauty. And it, the trail is much like life. Absolutely. Absolutely more, it is. More, more ways than, one. than you, More ways than one and more than you can actually even and realize. Go. Yeah you know, in preparing for, for stepping foot on it. Yeah. And, you know, so that's why um, one of the other segments we go over in the class is how to deal with rough days, overcoming rough days, because guess what? You have rough days in life. You know, not every day is a bunch of bluebirds singing over your bed. You know, um, I don't think I saw a bluebird out there. <laughs> no, no, they st- they weren't tweeting over my head. No, um, more like flying directly at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, it- no, but there, but but you know, the trail does parallel life in oh, in, in a so very many ways. In, in a very direct way, and your bad days on the trail are absolutely no different than your bad days at work or at home or because of this that or the other they're exactly the same your environment is just different so we ask um one of the questions we ask um our uh through hiking community and our hiking community when they take the classes how do you handle bad days at work what do you do because that's not going to be afforded to you. Usually when you're the on answer the trail. is I, I drink. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have a drink. Now, if you're in town, that may be something you might, you know, you might be able to do. But when you're on the trail, that's not always available. And so sometimes you have to kind of cope a little bit differently than you would at home. Correct. So if you have a hard time handling bad days at work, you may have a hard time handling bad days on the trail. And, and believe me, you have bad days on the trail. Absolutely, you do. Yeah. Uh, And so that's one of the things we go over is how do you overcome your rough days? And rough days um, can mean a lot of things. Sometimes it's just feeling lonely on the trail. You know, loneliness on the trail is one of the big reasons people get off the trail. I would say that it is in the top two. Absolutely. So um, so we do discuss that in very in-depth detail in the class. But um, yeah. But I would say the number one, probably the most notable conversation uh, or topic of conversation, I should say, is gear. Oh, my God. (laughs) People spend countless hours, days, weeks, months, um, you know, researching and over-researching and looking at what other people's what other people are using? What are their gear lists? What is the best of the best? What's the most popular? What's the most lightweight? Well, one of the things that I always stay away from is when I see a YouTube video, they say, what my gear was when I hiked the Appalachian Trail. Guess what? I mean, that's great that it was your gear. Obviously, it worked for you if you completed a through hike, which, by the way, you're not really through hiking the AT until you finish. Every part of the AT, you're really section hiking it until you get from point A to point B. True. So, um, you know, so when I see a gear posting about my gear, my favorite gear, that's awesome. That That's super great. 
But um, we have a saying is that um, don't look for the best gear, look for the right gear. And so there's a big difference between buying gear that everybody else has or buying gear that someone says is the best and then buying the right gear for you. Again, you know, like there's certain boots and shoes I cannot wear. I get blisters really bad. One of, the, one of those uh, is Oslo boots. People love, you love that brand. I won't, I won't hike without them. I love them. They kill my feet. I mean, and I've tried them over and over and over again. So if you tell me, hey, these are the best boots. Well, for me, they're not the best boots. For me, they're a nightmare boot. And so it's, um, it's not the right gear for me. And so, and, and vice versa. If I say this backpack is the best, and you buy it, but it doesn't fit. It rubs your shoulders or rubs your hips or, you know, it doesn't feel good when you hike in it. It's not the best backpack for you. And so there's a difference between the best gear and the right gear. And the right gear is the gear that you know so well. It's like your best friend. It's, it makes you warm and comfy. You know your gear so much that it doesn't make any difference what trail you hike. You're bringing it. And so, and that's one of the things after 20 years of backpacking, I can tell you my gear doesn't really change much no matter where I hike. It usually stays the same. The only thing that changes is from cold weather to hot weather. That's it. It's usually the same stuff. And, but and, gear, and so that, that's the right gear for me. Correct. But I think gear is one of those very overwhelming, over-researched. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, topics of conversation because it's easier to be told what will work rather than having to go through and trying to figure it out for yourself. Right. Um, but, but that's all part of it. Just like hiking the trail, you're going to have to figure it out for you. You're going to have to figure out what works for you. And so um, it's very equivalent to gear. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, and the thing is gear has, you know, I mean, the technology of gear has come a long way. I mean, obviously, you know, an A-frame backpack, you know, from 20 years ago probably would not be a good piece of gear to carry today. Why? Because of technology. Um, just because, you know, thousands, thousands of years ago, the best way to start a fire was rubbing two sticks together. Now we use a lighter. You know, so <laughs> technology has brought forth a better way to do things, a much more efficient way to do things. So, and that's really the only evolution of gear because nylon is still nylon. True. You know, and so <laughs> fabric usually stays the same. Uh, really, the last new fabric, you know, that was, um, you know, that was really introduced was the Hyperlite stuff. And so, you know, um, yeah, don't get caught up in, in all the gear stuff. You know, you just really have to kind of, you know, get fitted, try it out. Um, and for the love of God, please use your gear before you ever step foot on the Appalachian Trail. I don't care if you're camping in your backyard, you know, um, camp in the rain, camp in the cold, use your, try to cook in the, try to use your stove when it's really windy outside or you know just get to get to use that gear so much it's like your warm comfy friend i mean before you before you go out there the the trail can be very uncomfortable in many ways it can be beautiful but it can be very uncomfortable and so if you're trying to figure out your gear 
in in a discomforting environment in an environment that's completely foreign to you trust me you're not going to enjoy using your gear yeah we, we, <laughs> we it was a few years ago we did trail magic and we were on the trail and we had a girl come up to our table and she says well i've been eating dry food i don't know how to use my stove and uh do you remember that yeah, girl and charles absolutely. had a helper she had she had been on the trail for two entire days that was her third day and she still had not used her stove because she was scared to learn to use it to use it so get to i mean that's the biggest that's one of the biggest mistakes we see on the on the trail i i think um or for people that want to through hike the at anyway is that they just haven't gotten to know their gear like their best friend um and so they go out there saying well someone told me i need this well they may have needed it but do you need it and do you know how to use it and why are you bringing it in your pack you know, what's the, you know, why are you using it? And so, um, and because you'll, well, the other thing too about gear is that we saw last year that really surprised us a lot. And that was the other reason why we partnered with Mountain Crossings was that when you did the 300 miles last year, so of your, of your tribe that you hiked with, yeah. right? Um, how many people that started the Appalachian Trail the same time you did ended up buying all brand new gear at trail days 99.9 percent yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i know you can't even fathom that but you know between everybody else getting new gear and wanting wanting something that is more lightweight or wanting something that works with more functionality or something that's better suited for your needs every single person that i hiked through in my community and it was a pretty good chunk of people the black alachian stormy absolutely many many more yep. um they they all bought new gear yeah. every single one of them from backpacks to tents to sleeping bags um most went for the backpack directly and so we see that people are starting the trail with gear that isn't the best fit for them and so working with mountain crossings to try and help solidify what's right for you up front so that you're not going through and altering your entire system a quarter of the way in yeah because you know like even you know throughout the years um after i after i threw hiked it is that you know and even in 2003 it was like well when you get to mountain crossings they'll fix it if you've overpacked, they'll do the pack shakedown. Well, that puts a lot of pressure on mountain crossings and puts a lot of pressure on their staff and you know doing pack shakedowns all day, which is great. I get it. That's part of the whole AT experience. That's awesome. But and they do truly and they do a great it. job. They, <laughs> yeah, they love it. They do a great job and um, it helps a lot of people. Um, but, but, but they we wanna... also don't necessarily not, they're not able to provide that undivided attention and time to every single person during the so most many. crowded That's right. time period. And so, so there's we, a lot of different elements. Yeah. And, and really, and so, you know, in, in our thinking is that, you know, don't look for the best gear, look for the right gear, yep. you know, and get that right gear first. And so how much more comfortable and more confidence do you think an AT through hiker that's trying to live out their dream has when they can get to mountain crossings and they say, 
thanks, but no thanks, I'm going to keep going. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's such a boost of confidence that they have, they, hey, I have my gear. I don't need to stop. I just need to buy some food. Right. And then I'm out of here. And I think that is just such a confidence booster because that is so much a part of trying to through hike the AT is your confidence level, you feeling good about, you know, what you're doing, overcoming bad days and being grateful uh, for for everything that's that that you're experiencing. Right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I think so. So anyway, yeah, so uh, check out uh, our website, thebackpacker.tv, we have our Appalachian Trail prep class listed under our events. So if um, if you're out on the, in the southeast area, we're teaching it at Mountain Crossings, December, January, and then February will be our last class. Absolutely, yeah. Get you guys ready to go hike it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <laughs> And the expertise of um, both Scott and I, as well as Mountain Crossings crew, um, you know, we've combined all of our resources and, and to provide you guys the best opportunity to get out there and be successful yeah. on this like amazing journey that you'll experience. Uh, Jason does such a great job Absolutely. doing pack shakedowns. Yep. Uh, him and Carly, uh, great people over at Mount Crossings. We love those guys a lot. Um, Jason's probably one of the most patient guys <laughs> when he's doing that. He's like, yeah, I do. Do you think you need that? Do you, maybe, you know. <laughs> you gave him an accent that he doesn't have. I know, he doesn't have that, but he's, he's so laid back. He's so cool. I was trying to do my laid back voice. Yeah, it kind of came off as like old man, but. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not at all. He's a young guy. Well, anyway, you guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much so, for listening. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be doing our podcast next Thursday. You can check it out on iTunes and Stitcher. Really appreciate you guys listening. And thanks for the emails. Uh, even from uh, Sydney, Australia. Really, really super appreciate everybody listening and uh, sending us emails and supporting uh, the podcast. Really appreciate it. We just started our Patreon page. Uh, so if you like these podcasts, uh, check out uh, patreon.com slash TV. We're on there. We have special podcasts, special videos that only our Patreon people get to see. And we will see you next week. In the meantime. Yeah. Happy trails, guys. Trust the trail. All right. Bye. Bye.